Good afternoon, St. Louis DGS on KMOX. You know, weird. It's only been since Friday since I've said that, but I didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> you ever have those days? Did oh, you ever have those days like when you're doing yeah. sports every single day where you've done it a million times, but every now and then you crack the mic, you're like, me not know words. Oh, yeah. Every, every once in a while you get the... All Yips. the wrong words are coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just say the wrong station that you're on. I've done that many times. Yeah, me too. But usually only, only in the beginning of a transition, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure you guys did it when you first move over here, right? Or no? No. No? Oh, man. <laughs> never once. When nope, I first went, when I first, close, really. Uh, yeah. When I went, first went to the other place, I did it like for three weeks, almost daily. And yeah. then when I came back here, I did it. Where your boss is like, please stop doing that. No, they just made fun of me. <laughs> they made fun of me. I was like, no, I can't do it. I've done it on uh, on Sirius XM where I've done, I set up like something on Sports Open Line by accident. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> awesome. They liked that. I'm so glad we uh, went to air when we did because 30 more seconds of these two and my IQ would have dropped 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Princess and the P thing. I was trying to ignore it. <laughs> Usually, you know how it is. Like, everything show prep to me, and I was like, oh, I can make a joke out of this. But it was getting so bad, I was just like, mm, I thought he was Just think about your own me. death. Think about your own death. Um, Kevin <laughs> pretends not to understand a reference to the Princess and the I P. don't know what it is. I thought you were trolling. I thought there was no way you I think you you're both know. spelling P differently. I think that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that sounds not good. Yeah, I can understand not being able to sleep with the P. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the kind. It's P-E-A. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I still yeah. have never heard the story. Hey, cover it up with enough mattresses. It's fine. No, I already told him the story. <laughs> yeah, he told me the story. Well, tell the listener who may not know. No, every listener Everyone knows. knows. How do you know? <laughs> everybody, everybody, Kevin but me. Didn't know. Everybody it's but me. Kevin. It's literally just Kevin. So just me. One sixth of the audience doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is surprising, though, because you seem like a generalist like me. Like, you know, a little yeah, yeah. bit about. Most things. Yeah, Apparently this is like a princess about... thing. So yeah, he, I guess it so. just goes in. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did. I probably heard it when I was a kid, and I'm like, ah, stupid princess stuff. <laughs> like princesses or peas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this story has nothing to offer me. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Rach right. and I took our little walk, and when we came back, we saw the Camaro uh, <laughs> parked front and center, backed in. I'm like, oh my god, there's. Friggin' Batman. <laughs> hey, at least I'm not the idiot that takes two spots because you gotta stay away from my car, bro. How do you keep yeah. getting the best spot in the entire know. building? Somebody leaves right when I get here. I don't know who yeah. it is, but somebody busts out right when I get here. By the way, on Friday night when we were all leaving and you texted me a picture of the traffic jam saying, I can't even get out of this place. It was because of me. Was it? And I didn't have the heart to tell you. <laughs> yeah. How? But like, because there was also a million cars on the on the road. Like, block, like I couldn't get out once even I got down to the front. That was me too. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I, I did that thing. I couldn't find my my key card to get in. Oh no! So I took a uh, ticket. And I got some advice from a friend uh, who said, <laughs> don't worry about it. You can still use it. It'll still let you out. And that went bad. And yeah. uh, then it took the uh, the door guy it, oh my God. 18, 20 minutes to Sometimes get to me. Sometimes I think they're napping. Then he gave me the third degree. Like, I'm holding my card, right? Yeah. And he was just, I don't know. I guess a lot of people are trying to steal parking, you know? Oh. You know is, go ahead, Amy. Oh, I was just saying, I think your friend... Is right though because I did that. I couldn't find my key card to get in, so I took a ticket and then I found it on the way out. Yeah, I'm the friend, and I, that's happened to me. So I was telling him, I was like, he was like, "Let's go outside and I'll swipe the card." I'm like, "Don't do that. You don't need to do it." 
but apparently he did. I, I promise you, nothing causes me more stress. Mm. Like mm-hmm. um, that's oh, not, being at the front of a line like that. Uh, oh, like yeah, everyone's yeah. waiting yeah. on me. Like yeah, I hate hap- that too. It's happened a couple times. Well, not a couple times. It's happened many times. Like at a fast food place yeah. mm-hmm. where it's really not your fault. You just ordered the number two, and, and you do that thing where you try to look back at people and go like, by by nightmare. Yeah, which I, I've rarely had to do because I'll just say no. I'll just I'll break up with a girlfriend. Like if if I had to do this kind of thing was back in the day when you would go to the theater with friends who you're meeting they're like save me a seat or save save us seats i'm not that guy yeah i'm not the guy to tell you you can't sit here because people who aren't even in the building are gonna sit here well how about this because i found out from you mentioning it the other day that you buy two seats for the theater i do yeah so i did that too when i saw oppenheimer and the and I'm sitting on the aisle, so the seat next to me to my right was my buffer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's getting close to movie time, and a guy tries to sit in it, mm-hmm. and it's my seat, and I go, he's like, oh, does somebody come in here? And I go, yeah, I'm waiting for somebody, but I'm not. <laughs> right. I'm alone, right. like a loser. And I, I had a hard time telling him, nah, buddy, even though I paid for that seat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was mine. I had the same thing happen, but mine was even worse because I had already used my extra seat to put popcorn and (laughs) all that kind of stuff in. And and the rest of the the rest of the aisle was empty. And this couple, for some reason, decided to sit right next to me. And so they left that seat open, but they wanted to put their stuff there, too. They go, oh, is this just an open seat where we can Uh, like I can put my purse and stuff? (sighs) Did you let them? It, I I think I weirded them out because I hesitated. Okay. <laughs> I just looked at him. And went, I did. I, I sort of I sort of brain farted, and I think they thought there was something really wrong with me. <laughs> and so she just goes, "It's okay. I can put it over here." <laughs> like I like I just I kind of gave him a blank stare. Yeah. <laughs> That's maybe a good answer for a lot of these. Just yeah, silence and a stare. Because like yeah. you, like I'm I'm not only okay with buying two seats. I'm kind of proud of it. But when called a when called on it, I don't want to have to explain to them why I'm doing that. Right. So I just lied and said, yeah, somebody's on the way, I think. (laughs) 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 To a three-hour movie. (laughs) I think they might have sniffed some BS on that, too. I don't care. I think someone's I wonder if you look down the road to see, well, there's nobody sitting in that chair. He's a liar. (laughs) Guy's a liar. I said I think. (laughs) I don't get the whole, unless you have no choice, why would you sit right next to someone? Yeah. If there's no choice, or in the case where you bought, like it's going to be crowded like Oppenheimer and yeah. you've got the assigned seats, but if it's like open rows, why wouldn't you just sit in your own space? Well, should we go ahead and talk about urinals then? Hmm. And bathroom stalls? You mean etiquette? Always. Yes, the etiquette. I don't. I don't think a lot of people understand it, even though we've talked about it I'm not, for 25 years. I don't years. even uh, go into the men's bathroom. <laughs> I understand, hypothetically, what the etiquette would yes. be. You Why would you go stand next to somebody? I don't know. People oh, love it. Oh, I see it. what you mean. Like when you're at Bush Stadium and there's like 20 yes. and somebody's right next yeah. to you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Also, here, did, I, I don't know if you ladies knew this, but uh, at Bush Stadium and probably most stadiums, when you are a man going to the bathroom at the urinal and you can't look to either side because right. you get tuned up. And so you're looking straight ahead and at every urinal is an ad for erectile dysfunction. Yep. Really? <laughs> Based on some sort of a pun. 
And I always um, find it offensive. I don't know why that is. It's sort of like if everyone there were short, hmm. and it's like, hey, shorty, and it's like, leave me alone. We were I'm talking about to urinate. KMOX day. I was, I don't know, who was I talking about it with Andrew? I don't know. I was talking about it. Did because, the person have a hot dog? Well, if it no. wasn't hot dogs, it wasn't me, buddy. The, the, uh, the, the ad was, your wife is hot. You need a new air conditioner. Kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And the person said, that's really clever because you remember it. And I said, what's the name of the company? Because I've seen that ad 500 times. I have no idea what company did it. Didn't work. No, it didn't work. And you're alone. Yikes. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Damn, that's about as cold as I've ever seen on the air. Jeez. You're the one that said you were alone at the movie theater. You're the one who said you didn't have a girlfriend, Chris. It's not my fault for He's yelling that at you. That's a real stretch there, pal. <laughs> you know what? And you can't be loved. <laughs> and you're unlovable. And here's the thing. If Amy's you ever get accidental truths. If Amy ever gets dumped, do I have to pretend to feel bad? <laughs> not after that one. Not after wow. that. Yeah. I didn't think so. In, in fact, after that one, you can actively try to get her dumped. <laughs> if I got Mason jar dumped me. Like, oh yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, if I got bad. dumped, if, I, all I know I think is Chris like, just has to start dating Mason jar. This is the answer here. <laughs> Prove everyone wrong. He might do it. He might. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. I officially have no idea what's happening. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm still asleep. Don't know till you ask. No, I did have a I did have a moment that <sighs> induced panic for me at the store when going back to Dave talking about making people wait. Mm-hmm. So uh, redoing kitchen, buying dishes, and all of this, and I bought all new cutlery, knives, forks, all of this. I bought twelve forks, big forks, little forks. So there were sixty individual utensils. And all of them had tags on them. Now, that's silly. Why would you do that? And I grouped them. I said, okay, I bought 12 of each. And I even grouped them into fours so that she could just look at them and see, okay, I see 12. Nope. She had to individually scan each one, but the tags were all crumpled. So I stood there in horror as she picked up each utensil, straightened out the tag, and scanned it. And I just felt so bad. And the line is building behind me. There's like six people in line, seven people in line. I turned to the guy behind me. As we're finishing up, and I said, I'm so sorry. And he goes, no, no, you're helping the economy. And then he saluted me and said, thank you for your service. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Seriously? (laughs) Seriously, as I pushed the cart out of World Market. (laughs) I like that guy. (laughs) Wow. Why would you have a system like that? (laughs) Like when you buy four drinks, they just scan it once and put times four. Oh my gosh. And then what do you got to scan? 60 different things. The residue from the stickers on each fork and knife and spoon. I just stood there and listened to music and slowly peeled off each sticker. I might have ran if I were you. Like for real. I might have just gotten so like. Yeah. It was was horrifying as I realized, oh no, she's scanning each one. That sounds like a her problem. And she goes, yeah, I can't believe that's a normal practice. She was practice. so nice, though, but she's like, oh, these tags are the worst. And I was like, no, this is the worst. This is yeah. going to take forever. Probably the sixth guy back in line was all PO'd because he was buying his wicker African mask or whatever from World Market. He's like, what the hell's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember last time I was in a World Market. Oh, I used man, to love it, though. What, their cutlery is incredible. Is it really? It really holds up. <laughs> I, love, I love their utensils. Yeah. Well, you just said you bought new ones. 
Well, I did, but I bought the same ones that I have. I bought them for the Jar family. Okay. My mom and dad also have World Market utensils. <clears throat> They're the best. It's going to be Chris's utensils. <laughs> they work better than all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> when we all live together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Help. I'm still trying to recover from that. I'm not going to lie. And you're alone. We're circling right back to the beginning of the segment. I don't know what to say. Lord. (laughs) And I'm the jerk. Good callback. Somehow I'm the butthole. It's this one over here. (laughs) Right back to the beginning again. That's right. Princess and the Pea. Am I right? Congratulations. This is your show now. I'm just gonna. Yay. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go by cut. I'm gonna go by cutlery. <laughs> 122 DGS. Did you guys see the JFK stuff? The new, I saw the new headline, stuff. but I don't know anything about it's it. It's fascinating. I, I apologize to all the JFK buffs out there if I get this uh, slightly off. But there were uh, many Secret Service people involved uh, on Daily Plaza that day when JFK was assassinated. But, but there are two primary guys. And one of the guys, who is now deep into his old age, just now... Uh, came forward and said, I got to tell you guys something. So most people have heard of the magic bullet, yeah. JFK, that they they found a bullet in the stretcher that was basically pristine. Mm-hmm. And so there have been literally volumes written about this and movies made about this and theories on why this and that. And this bullet somehow went through JFK and went through Governor Connolly and then went through a squirrel and then came back and it and, was And came out pristine. untouched, basically. Yeah. So this this guy, after all of these years, says, here's what happened. Uh, we were we pulled up to the hospital. Uh, Jackie wouldn't let go of the president. So we were trying to gently, professionally, you know, get the president in there who is pretty obviously dead. But let's get him in there. And as they were uh, pushing her away. He noticed there was a bullet lodged in the back of the headrest uh, or the back of the bench seat where, the J- where, mm-hmm. where JFK was sitting. So it had lodged in the seat, and which is why it was pristine. And he took it out and he put it in his pocket. And when they got into the hospital, he just dropped it onto the stretcher. And he never told anyone. Why wouldn't you? Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Uh, he said that he got, he just got caught up in everything. And of course, in the moment he wasn't thinking this will become the famous magic bullet theory. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the people, a lot of historians who've spoken to the guy, uh, and listened to his story, believe he's telling the truth. So this appears to be what most probably happened. Uh, and isn't it fascinating that all, like, if, if you were to talk about JFK in any mixed group, people have different theories, mm-hmm. you know, lone gunmen, the mob, CIA, you know, well, the magic bullet. And it just goes to show you to never be too sure about anything, because here we are all these years later, and this guy goes, nope, that was me. So Right, but does that mean that uh, that was not the bullet that killed him, which means there was more than one bullet fired? And then we would need to yes. know, like... Which way was it pointing yeah, when it, it went into the headrest? Was it, it coming from the same direction as the book depository? It's opened everything up again. Yeah. Because it now changes all the theories. Right. But the one thing that it does is it explains why this bullet was the way it was. And also it, ruins the magic bullet theory yeah. that was the official story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should Well, he, then. Obviously, he can't be because statute of limitations, but 
would he have been charged for that? Because that would have been my fear. If I did that, yeah, and then yeah. It bring with evidence. Thing, yeah, I mean, if I take the bullet that may have killed the president and like stick it in my pocket, it's not good. I'd have, well, I'd have not probably not told him not charged, probably fired, probably. I'd have yeah. thrown it in that, the garbage and never yeah. said a word to anybody. That's about the it. only reasonable explanation because that pristine bullet has been a thing for fifty years. Mm-hmm. So it, it's the only reasonable explanation is why he didn't sense. say anything back then. It makes the most sense that it hit the the <clears throat> pillow. The soft, you know, the yeah, right. caught it, the cushion, yeah, and then he just dropped it, just dropped it into the treasure. Is are there any character references for this guy? People who have seen the story and said, "Hey, I know this guy. Uh, he would not make this all up. positive." Yeah, huh. so far I've not really seen anyone going, "Oh, that's I know that guy." Right. I mean, there's a really long profile. I think Vanity Fair did it, like a really long profile of this guy and him telling his story. So you can judge, anybody wants to read yeah. it can judge for themselves about, and again, it's not like this is scientific proof. This is a guy telling his firsthand story, right. but it's also 60 years later. Yeah. And is he just telling it uh, now and it's not documented anywhere else or was this declassified? He had told this story in the classified documents. And I think now he's just th- telling it now. Hmm. I'm pretty sure he's telling it for the first time. Because I was thinking maybe that's why he did it now. Mm. If certain they told things, him to shut up, yeah. If things were declassified, interesting. Man, what a what a power move. And then what a, I don't know, even know how to couch it. Like constitution, bravery, thievery. I don't even know how to describe Keeping that secret because he's obviously watched all the specials and he's yeah seen the magic bullet stuff, knowing the whole time that nope, that was me. Yeah, I mean, like the official Warren report signs off on the magic bullet theory, and you just let that ride. I mean, they they so they clear. I mean, they if this is true, I, I want to cl- couch that right because we don't have proof that this is true. But if his story is true, it very clearly shows that 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 theory is not correct. You you would have well, to throw out a lot of theories. So yeah. so the, the idea of the magic bullet, um, I think is it's not accurate because they the way it's presented as it being nonsense. Like there's no way this could have happened because it made the right turn and the left right, turn. Right. It didn't. No. It would have been a straight shot because the back seat where he was because the way it was offset is offset. Yep. He wasn't directly behind Connolly. He yep. was off to the side. Yep. So it would have been a straight shot from the book depository. They but, make it would it never, sound, but it would never have come out un, unscathed. That bullet right, would right, be right, no. severely damaged. But, but the point is Which means one they shot, never found the bullet that actually, or at least if they did, we don't know about it. They never it, found the actual bullet. Yeah, but, but one shot could have done all that. Yeah. You know what screws me up too? JFK may have never known about the Beatles. It's weird because to me they're inextricably tied in mm-hmm. that era, the Beatles and JFK. But he was assassinated in December, and they didn't hit Ed Sullivan until the next year. Wow. Yeah. One thirty-three DGS today, of course, is nine eleven. Coming up one hour from now, uh, a gentleman who was an air traffic controller, Joe Burke, who is as we speak doing the annual March to the Arch. And uh, he is the father of a friend of Marines. And Marine reached uh, reached out and said, hey, you might want to talk to this guy. And so he was an air traffic controller on 9-11. So that should be really interesting. And we're going to talk to him while he's walking to the Arch. So that that should be very interesting. Um, Wheel said something very interesting to me before we started the show. And it was basically that because of social media and Twitter and all this stuff, that there are probably more people 
who believe 9-11 conspiracies now than in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were on the break wanting to kind of tie that into what the news that I, I started to say that we just broke. We didn't break it. I broke right. it to you guys about the JFK magic bullet. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about the two situations, the two... I think these are to the two biggest quote unquote conspiracy universes in the United States, right? I mean, maybe this and then throw in Q, which kind of covers it all because they try to tie everything together. Well, kind of to Amy's point, though, real quick, um, I've never the JFK thing. My mind has always been open. I don't know. Oswald did it. CIA did it. I don't know. But on 9-11, I've just never been open. I've never yeah. really been yeah, open to... Like, if you're going to be a conspiracy theorist, it's one thing to think that there were two gunmen. It was a, It's a whole other magnitude to magnitude. think that the government was involved in 9-11 and yeah. causing it. Yeah. That, to me, those are two totally different universes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and they all tie together because it's a big community, and that's kind of what I noted before the show was, I mean, it's, today's obviously the anniversary, and you go on Twitter, and all of these 9-11 truth things are trending, Right. The dancing Israelis, hashtag 9-11 truth, all these people. And it is because of, I think this is a direct result of the QAnon phenomenon, that anything conspiratorial now gets glommed together and it all becomes part of this much greater thing. Yeah. Right? And so in that way, these two things are very much tied together. The part of the problem, though, that I wanted to get into with you guys on this was, I also think part of the problem is the way people in official positions handle information. You create doubt when you don't answer questions. So just this week, there's a story, a guy named Brett Eagleson. uh, I think his dad was Alan Eagleson, who died on 9-11. They've been trying to get documents. They've been trying to get, um, through FOIA requests and all this, documents that the government has about the Saudi royal family's ties to 9-11, and they can't get them. And the news recently that they're upset about, that not just not just this one guy, but the 9-11 families are upset about, is that they're cutting plea agreements with some of the masterminds that are being held at Guantanamo rather than going to trial. And if it doesn't go to trial, nobody hears the evidence. Nobody sees what happens. And I really think that that's one of our biggest flaws Practically speaking, it doesn't mean conspiracies are true. We leave vacuums. But we, exactly right. And what's going to happen when you leave a vacuum for something this significant? The significance of an assassination of a president. Think about how long it took for a lot of the JFK information to gradually trickle out. Think about how long it's taken for some of these cases. I mean, we're still prosecuting 22 years later some of the masterminds and we're, again, cutting deals with them. Well, and I think those legitimate questions end up feeding the monster. Yeah. Whereas if you had just been more forthright or if you're just more disciplined and said, hey, you know what? This is important. We need to put these people on trial. It's one of the greatest attacks, probably the greatest attack in the modern history of the United States. And we don't want it to look like there's shadiness going on behind the scenes or that we're doing favors for the Saudis or whatever. Yeah. And then you see the last couple of days. Uh, there was a, an announcement, I think, an, a, an official with an agency that runs out of the White House thanking the Saudis for a $20 billion investment in something that President Biden has really wanted to be into. And you're meeting with them days before 9-11 anniversary. It just that's what feeds the fuel. We, I think we as a we, like our leaders need to be better at understanding. But my question is, do you guys think that they benefit from the confusion? So they just let the confusion linger. Well, well, let me real quick just to add this 
to the end, you're talking about um, not releasing documents. Were there not some JFK documents that were supposed to? Am yeah, I remembering were, this yep, correctly? Supposed to come out fifty There's, years after, which is now or earlier this year or yeah. something. They released and, some and they held a lot. And they That's exactly back. right. Okay, so exactly, so we're we're talking about an event that happened where almost everybody's dead. What what are you trying yeah. to keep people from understanding? And sixty I think, years ago, right, right. And what it suggests is it's really big. Or, right? That's right. what it's that's what it feels like. Yeah. And it may be nothing. And then we might nothing. finally get it and go, why did you but hold on to nothing, this? But if it's nothing, why so hold long? it back? Exactly. Right. And that's what fuels I agree with you on so that. Yes. I, in a sense, I can't stand conspiracy theorists because they tie they tie things together that don't necessarily tie together. I think, Dave, the way that I was talking to you about all the nine eleven truth stuff and we've all you've watched. Have you guys all watched Loose Change that quote? No. I didn't watch that one. I have no interest. I've watched it. Yeah. And it's a really interesting story, but the, you Anybody can tell a good story. Mm-hmm. You've got to put it together with ba- real facts and evidence, not just observations and coincidences and things like that. But I think that it, to a degree, the secrecy feeds those people. And it's only partly their fault that they're like that because people in authority aren't open enough with all of the information. Mm-hmm. We should know everything that the government has ever had about JFK by now. The end, like it should, there should be nothing held back. And we're not, maybe, I mean, I don't know when it comes to intelligence sources and things like that, it's probably still more delicate 20 years in the past for 9-11. But still, I mean, you, you have an ability here to go to court and prosecute the perpetrators, but you're going to cut plea agreements. And that leaves these families saying, well, wait a minute, we're never going to hear the evidence that you have now against these people. Yeah, I mean, like you said, nature abhors a vacuum. So when it's a big event like this, you're going to have conspiracy theorists uh, just, you know, rife with opportunity. But even on a much smaller scale, when answers aren't provided or there's not transparency, at the very least, you're going to think the worst of the situation. I mean, think of the downtown jail, right? The city yeah. justice center yeah. with all of these riots that are happening and the the inmates saying, hey, we're not being treated uh, fairly. We're not getting showers. We're not getting food. We're not being protected. And yet the leaders at the city justice center won't let the media in. They won't provide any answers. How could you not assume the worst? I didn't. Even remember Sam Page, he's supposed to devote all his time to being a county executive, and yet he's still working um, uh, as a doctor. And he was saying, well, I'm not I'm not going over hours. It's just minimum hours. They said, "Okay, that's great. Provide us your hours. Well, I'm not going to provide the hours. As soon as you don't provide the hours, everyone's going to assume the worst, even if he's on the up and up. But when you don't provide the hours, you think, okay, well, there's got to be something fishy going on. So if that's happening on the county level, when you're looking at something the magnitude of 9-11 or JFK, it's going to explode. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, like, these 9-11 families, they're not the conspiracy theorists. They're not suggesting the government did anything. They might be suggesting that they're covering for the Saudis or somebody like that. And this, I thought this sentence in this story was really telling. Again, it's from a letter that the 9-11 families involved in this particular case wrote to the Biden administration and to Joe Biden specifically, it said, after more than two decades of our search for truth and accountability, we find ourselves again inexplicably thwarted by our own government. And then you want to wonder why people are going to create stories or take a piece of truth and weave it into something much bigger. And it's because you can't get any direct things. And that stuff, like, you know, people were all mad about, and I think rightfully, 
about the whole live tour and doing deal with and the PGA's doing a deal with the Saudis. We never, ever, ever, as a group of people, re- want to re-examine the whole Saudi thing with our government. Well, we know from UFOs and Project Blue Book, we still don't know what UFOs are, but we definitely know that the U.S. government uh, tried to cause confusion and try to discredit people, maybe because they knew exactly what UFOs were in the 50s and they wanted to hide it, or maybe they because they didn't know what they were and they didn't want to admit they didn't know what they were. But So let's make these people look like kooks. So we certainly know that our government is certainly capable of stuff like that. It reminds me of what we are talking about a couple months ago with uh, Hitler's death, that it's very well documented what happened with Hitler's death. Uh, and Stalin wanted his body. And when he didn't get his body, he put a bunch of conspiracy theor- theories out mm-hmm. on purpose. Yep. And to this day, people will say that Hitler survived and went to Brazil. And Argentina. Argentina. Antarctica. This and this. Yeah. All because Stalin didn't get his way. Yep. And he's like, and he, he, he specifically said, put these three or four different uh, fact scenarios out there. And yeah. And when you, you tie this in with real news, okay, things we know are happening. We know two days ago. Um, that at the G20 summit, Joe Biden shook Mohammed bin Salman's hand. Someone he said during his his campaign to be president should be made a pariah from the international world. They shake hands at a G20 summit, and there's also, quote, a game-changing regional investment going on here, which is that $20 billion deal that I referred to. So, again, are you letting them buy legitimacy? And then, again, how does this feed into this greater narrative? Can I ask a question of everyone, though? And I'm just going to follow on the sort of ignorance. I don't understand what Saudi, what legitimacy they're trying to purchase. And do they only care what the G20 leaders, like these 20 humans think? Do they care what American citizenry thinks? Because why do we give a flying crap if they pay soccer players a billion dollars or if they try to buy F1. You see what I'm saying? I don't understand what their end game is. You already have all the money in the world. Who was it we spoke to um, a few weeks ago that said they're trying to diversify? Kind of like you have income from multiple places. They know that oil is not always going to be the thing for them. Right. That someday down the line we're going to be less dependent on it. So how else can they can they create income? Not just income. Influence, and because influence, if, yeah. they, if that yeah. ever goes away, their power to negotiate anything is gone. Right. We wouldn't even be doing any of this if we didn't need it. I mean, them. think of all we the countries that are poor countries around the world that don't have any of those kinds of resources. Do they have any power? Do they have any say? Do their royal families influence and, policy? And when is the last time, and this is a real question because there may be an example of it, when is the last time we as a country, through a leader, actually told someone to go pound sand? You know, we seem to always give in. We seem to talk big and bluster, but then it always ends up money talks and we end up just doing whatever they want us to do. And not just them, but everybody. Maybe North Korea. Maybe. I I don't know. I know what you're saying. I, I can't think of a time either. We just seem to really, really talk big and then. Not back it up. I mean, we do the same thing with China, right? Yes. We talk big about their human rights violations, how terrible they are, but boy, do we do business with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about President Biden. Uh, get that sound ready for me if you can, Andrew. 
Okay, I don't think we have time to play the Joe Biden sound. We'll do it for you a little bit later. But uh, Drew Barrymore crossed the picket lines. What do you think? <laughs> She's a scab. She is. She'll- She's a loser. <laughs> I don't know. She's going to back down. She's she's going to. She'll do the thing where like, yeah, well, I didn't once mean to again, her. Ellen, Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore, James Corden, James Corden make yeah. their living on being the nicest people in the world. And I mean, think about that. Drew Barrymore makes her living by bringing entertainers, many of whom are on strike, onto her yeah. show. Uh, and yet she's going to go go ahead and do her show. That's a good point, Dave. Like, who is she going to populate her show with if celebrities can't come on and promote their projects right now? She Mm -hmm. says the one that was just recent that I saw on Twitter was Michelle Obama. Those are those are prior shows, though. She says they haven't started filming any new stuff. The stuff filmed way before the strike. Okay. She says that she thinks she can get them to come on without talking about any of their stuff coming up. Um, which. For her, there's some merit because if you've if you've ever watched her show, which we're all forced to all the time because it's on every TV in this building for some reason, <laughs> it's it's they don't talk about like movies that are coming up. They just like cuddle on her couch and talk about how much fun they had when they used to, you know. I still don't think you're making any friends just because you may have a technical loophole. Right, yeah, that's right. a horrible That's idea. It. Right, when yes, you're no, in you're the right. There are people business. literally on strike, like yes. on the picket line, not making money. And you're going around that through and a it, loophole. It makes her look terrible. Wait, Horrible. didn't Conan do this at, during the last writer's strike? I'm pretty sure he did because I remember watching an episode of his show where he just like played guitar and went around. But the whole point was like it was the one man show. He yeah, wasn't was, relying on anyone else on his show to do anything. Yes, he was not. He was specifically doing it without writers. And part of the point of it was to illustrate this is why we need writers because I'm up here like practicing how to juggle on late night television because I don't have anyone to write me jokes. Gotcha. 